0: This is the Amstev podcast, a podcast about eating disorders, disordered eating, body image and diet culture. I'm your host, Queenie June Borgman, and in today's episode, episode 10 of season 3, we are talking about the survival kit for overthinkers. Okay guys, I'm back again after two weeks. I am still not totally optimal where I want to be. Uh... Actually, the truth is that I'm recording this at the 2nd of October. So actually, when you're going to hear this, it has been recorded today uh, on the day of release. And yesterday it was the 1st of October and I was busy with recording. And it took me over two hours for 17 minutes. And I really didn't have my flow. I really felt, you know, that the subject that I was addressing in that podcast episode, you know, about my shitty month of September, also wasn't totally, you know... Right for the podcast because at the end of the day, you're here for recovery tips and how to deal with yourself and the way you think and your certain perspectives and not about my shitty month that I had in September. So that's why I'm starting it over, and that's why we're going to tackle the subject. The survival guide for an overthinker. Because if there's one thing that I think a lot of people with eating disorders can do very well is overthink. And sometimes it's good to be an overthinker because you can assess certain situations. You can look into the future a bit on, you know, how will a certain person react or what can happen. But 9 out of 10 times it will give you stress. And in what way? I bet my ass for everybody that's listening to this and is in recovery that we are overthinking, you know, how long, sh- you know, will it take until I'm recovered? Uh, in how many months will I regain my weight? Will my body stay this way forever? Um, will I forever be, you know, thinking this way, having problems with food? These are all things that we overthink about. And it really makes recovery only 10,000 times harder. So, I think a survival guide for overthinking is a very good thing to have. And I'm going to give you five tips on diminishing that at least make it least frequent and believe me, it is one of the hardest habits to put down as a human being. So let's get into this. And if you want any other more tips, you can always check at imstuff underscore C O M on Instagram. I will be more frequent with reels, information, and quotes. And if you're interested in coaching, you can always get, go always gay. No, you can always go. You can always of course gay, but you can always go to imstuff.nl and the coaching is going to become different as well. Because um there are going to be some groups, and we're going to make it far more cheaper. So, everybody is invited for recovery and certain perspectives. So, keep your eyes on that specifically at imstuffcom on Instagram. So, sorry for all the blabbering and not pronouncing everything right because I'm still searching for my groove. I'm still a little bit lost, still a little bit hurt, but I'm getting there. So let's jump to tip number one. Like I said, one of the things that I really dealt with and I didn't even know unless, you know, looking back at recovery was that I was overthinking big time. I wanted the answer of the healthcare professionals, you know, how long should I, you know be eating like this this amount of calories and gain weight how long should i be doing this how long do i need to stop with uh, not exercising or limiting it and it were just questions and questions and questions and the shitty part was that none of them could tell me how long it will be and the reason why and i totally get them it's because your body decides how and what but we decide our minds decide you know On how we're going to react to that. And we choose to overthink. To seek answers that actually are given by the body. But maybe we want to ignore it because we don't agree with it. Or we're just too impatient. So one thing that I would advise you. Tip number one. Is schedule time for overthinking. Schedule a daily 30 minutes. Maybe at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day. Put a timer on your phone and take that time to put your thoughts out there, look at them and just place them there. You can analyze it, overanalyze it in those 30 minutes and just put them aside after 30 minutes and come back to it the next day and go further on with life. It really sounds a little bit strange, but... It rather is better to put that in a concentrated spot on the day than be overthinking in between during your you know work or school and stuff like that because that pain that anxiety that comes from overthinking will be there throughout the whole day either very high mid or low and would be a continuous thing and that's not something you want to have and especially not during recovery. The second thing is and I know it is so cliche because I think you've heard it before, but you're going to write it down. And when you're writing it down, it's not just a list of all the things you're you are in like overthinking about, but you're going to divide it as well. So what is it that you can control? That's the left part of the list. And what is it that you cannot control? That is the right part of the list by journaling and writing it down. you actually improve your mental health. It has been shown in different studies that journaling or writing down your thoughts can improve your mental health. And by taking it a step further and organizing uh, organizing them, you can make that list things that I can control and things I cannot control. And by doing that, you see that. You can take action on the things you can control and you can pause the things that you cannot control because either you're going to overthink to the max or underthink to the max. You cannot change that because that is not in your hands. And that makes things so clear because that really increases quality of life because the things you can control are the things you're going to invest in and the things you cannot control are things you can put aside. Okay, guys, tip number three is reframing your thoughts. And believe me, I have, need, have used this one. I needed this one in the month of September. And I'm just going to give you a few examples. And then I'm going to give you an example that I had in the month September. So let's say you're a person that says, "I'll never be able to get this done." You know, too too less time. I'm not efficient enough. I have a short, you know, concentration span. You can make this negative belief to you know the task is difficult, but I'm gonna get through it. Something I always say is, you know, nobody at the end of the day can do this. Only you. So you better start. You know, stop whining and. Go and do it because I know you can do it. So that is a, you know, a way of limiting the self-negative talk. And also the negative self-perception. Another example is I overthink everything. And I'm never going to stop with it. And it really bugs me. But you can also say, okay, this is a shitty habit that I learned. But I learned it. So it means that I can change it if I work on it actively so that is an example as well if i would you know throw this specific you know point 3 on my uh past month i had a very negative self perspective for that month and it was in that way negative that i haven't seen it for Five or six years, it was maybe when I was in the depth of my eating disorder that I felt that way and I was doubting the way I look. I was doubting my, uh, you know, way of clothing. And for me, that was something that was so not normal. And I'm not trying to, you know, be cocky, but I'm mostly nine out of ten times I stand before the clothing, you know, that I'm wearing and my style. I've worked hard on it and I appreciate it, what I what I wear. And I'm thankful that I can wear the clothing that I want to wear. So in September, I got thrown into the friend zone. And of course, you know, it was still done very politely, but it still hurt at the end of the day. And I wouldn't say a person chose another person over me because it, it was already something that I wasn't aware of. But it... It wasn't a great situation, and I just started doubting because I started to compare and you all know guys, comparison is the teeth of joy, <laughs> and I started to compare the fact you know that every time shit happens to me in relationships, it either is because the person fancies a fully Caucasian woman more, and I'm not going to bash in any way Caucasian women because every race has pretty women, but for me, it was like. Confirmation on confirmation it always looked almost looked that way. And it was like, oh my god, this is all o- this is always happening because the persons that I fancy fancy Caucasian women more. So I came in this negative self thought and self-belief of you know the reason why they don't like you is maybe because of the way you're clothing. You're just maybe way too alternative. Or, you know, maybe they don't like you because you have this chemical blonde hair that i like but maybe you know boys are not that you know or guys oh no boys guys are definitely not into that so um it was really you know reflecting on myself and stuff that quote unquote i was doing bad and then my friends, you know, my lovely friends, they were like, you know, Queenie, you're this way for so many years. And, you know, we love it. You love it. A lot of people love it. So if that person doesn't fancy you that way, you know, fuck it. You know, it, there are many fish in the sea and every woman have has their own beauty. And it's something that's so strange that I forgot specifically that last sentence because... As a person that comes from sales and have seen so many diverse women bodies, so many diverse nationalities, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! You're being so hard on yourself, but you forgot your core belief that everybody has their own beauty, in different ways, different shapes, different hair colors, different skin colors, different way of clothing, different everything, you know. So I used that reframing my thought from, oh, I'm not good enough, to I am good enough and my style is unique, but it's not for that person. And I actually said it to a friend of mine you know, everybody deserves happiness and love, but not everybody deserves Queenie. AK, we're also unique and I'm unique as well. So there's this unique person out there that I click with and would appreciate this. And that was such a very valuable thing to do because otherwise that black cloud would be there still and i wouldn't be able to see the silver lining so now i'm over it and i am kind of thankful that that happened because it gave me back that that i needed to reframe more often and maybe this is something that helps you out by giving this example you know on how reframing can help with your self perception and negative beliefs because i really had a bad self perception then and now that's gone so it really worked but give it time and practice it over and over again tip number four guys is focusing on solutions because we often forget uh what we can do to resolve it we are more in the whining phase maybe in the anxiety phase than what we need to do to get out of it and also actually remember why you're doing it in the first place you know keep your eyes on the price I'm going for recovery because I want to go back to school again I want to not feel cold I want to go out with friends I want to fall in love I want to work one day I want to you know, making a lot of money, I want to help other people, I want to travel, keep your eyes on the price, that's why you started recovery, and although that feeling of wanting to recover will fluctuate during recovery, this can help a lot on why you started in the first place, in this case, the why shouldn't be there, as in, if you're feeling shitty during recovery, you should jump to the way of resolving it so why i'm saying that because normally we are talking about reflecting you know but if it is the the why should be skipped if the eating disorder is talking let me put it that way so if you ate a sandwich and you're feeling fat mm -hmm, quote unquote feeling fat it's, you're not going to analyze why, because you know your eating disorder is telling you that. It, it should be jumping to what can I do to resolve this and no, the answer is not compensation. The answer is maybe remi- remi- <clears throat> reminding yourself why, you know, eyes on the prize, what I just said. Or calling a friend or doing something different or say a big fuck you to your eating disorder and take another sandwich. That is what I mean with be solution focused. Don't go in that eating disorder thought. But be focused on how you can jump away from that thought. Tip number five is train your attention. What you focus on is fully within your control. I focused in September on numerous things. But I had three things that I was so focused on. It was the death of my dog. The fact that I was moving out and the fact that I was hurt. Specifically that last one, I was hurt. And because of turning to the friend zone, but also because my dog died, I had that double hurt. And I was only focused on the hurt. But you can train yourself to focus on a negative feeling, but you can also focus on a positive feeling. So if you train yourself to focus on a positive feeling or feelings for 5 or 10 minutes a day... And just look at maybe an object and think about everything, you know, that's positive for five minutes a day. It can be such a different way because you end or start the day with a positive note. And that is so vital. Whatever happens, always try to find the silver lining of. Positive positiveness in something negative. And for Dutchies who do not know what silver lining means, it means. To find light in the dark basically so guys this was the episode and I hope you enjoyed it it was very practical and I think it's needed after two weeks of me being absent and I wanted to come back strong and I hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to check out at underscore com on Instagram or imstuff.nl for coaching. See you in the next episode.